eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to On the Bench. I am your host for today's episode, Brendan Sinone, joined by a special guest, Adam Fuller, Florida State's defensive coordinator. Adam, welcome to On the Bench. I got a very important question for you. Uh, kind of a hardball. You ready for it? Start off Start off with a little chin music here. Bring it. Uh, have you seen Top Gun yet? The first one or the new one? <laughs> the, the new one. I, hopefully you've seen no. the first one. <laughs> no, I have definitely not seen the second one. <laughs> All right. Well, I was going to ask you if you know what your call sign would be since that's a marketing ploy that you're using. I just did mine and I'm superstar would be my call sign. Um, so you probably don't know what yours would be, but we can take a stab at it. What would you, what would your call sign be if you were up in a, in a pilot or if you were a pilot in a fighter jet? Like this is really bad. I don't even know what, what is a call sign. The call sign. So like Maverick was Tom Cruise's call sign or goose RIP goose was uh, the call sign for the, the guy who died in the first one, a spoiler alert. Right. So, um, yeah. What about like mongoose? Like you're better than a goose. You're a mongoose. You're 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 tense. Gotcha. All right. Yeah. So. Okay. I, I, I don't know. I'll kind of let you choose it. You sound really good at this game. I'll kind of let you. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a great answer. I don't know. I'm I, I'm lost in that one. Let's go with mongoose. I'm gonna go with mongoose. You're gonna be mongoose because okay. you're you're ferocious. You're intense. So I'm gonna call you mongoose the rest of the episode. No, I'm just messing with you. All right. So yeah. uh, so I got a broad question for you, Adam. I'm gonna start with this. Uh, what is from from you guys wrapping up spring? Uh, if you can look at it like where you where you are just a couple months ago from when you first got here and started taking over the defense. Again, this is broad, but what is the biggest difference now from when you first took over the defense that you can see? I think there's no question. You know, I actually just got off the practice field um, just about 15 minutes ago, and um, just the ownership that they show. Um, the, the willingness and want to, to get it right. And, you know, there's just, you never overlook details or um, discipline or just how you do things, but it's just the operation. There's just the expectations are higher across the board from the first group to the third group to the coaches. And so it just, you know, it's a, the atmosphere of, of winning and development is just at a, at a better operational level right now, for sure. And going off that, Adam, so just like when we would talk to you in the spring, uh, I sense from you just confidence, like more, more increased confidence with your team, the way you talked about your defense. And even as you're talking about them now, just you seem very at peace with where you guys are going, the direction you're going. Is that, am I misreading that? Or are you, are you feeling like better about where you guys are at? 
Yeah, I mean, we have, I think we have 16 guys on defense that have started a football game here at Florida State. Not just played, but started a game. Um, I think we've got seven seven others that have played over 100 snaps or have started college football at another school. Uh, so you're basically saying you have 24, 25 players that have that have all played a lot of football. And, you know, some of that wasn't great. You know, for our first year here, there were guys playing that were probably playing a little bit too early. But, you know, now they're going into year three. And so, you know, experience is a factor, especially if your your physical development and your mental development comes with experience, you know. And I think that's all part of being a competitive football team and being a competitive defense. And you know, I just I feel a lot more confident about knowing the players and knowing what positions we're putting them in, what they can do, what they cannot do. And now you can focus on the newcomers of now fitting them into a scheme or putting them in positions to succeed. And, you know, so that's where the, that's where my confidence comes in. And I have, and I have a better confidence that I know how we'll react every day. Is it, you know, a hundred percent where you want it? No, I don't think it ever will be, but I feel a lot more confident that I can push the right buttons and act just be ourselves and and let our guys react in a positive way. So, um, you know, you're reading it correctly because we, we, I feel confident in the returning group that we have. I recall a press conference last year and I can't remember after what game it was, but but you discussed it. I thought it was really telling was that there were points in say like the 2020 season, like when you guys would show film cutups of a certain scheme or, or technique where you were having to use like other teams or, or previous ones because it hadn't been done yet at Florida State uh, since you guys had been there. And that changed, obviously, in 2021. I guess how profound like is is that to have that sort of uh, change and evolution like right in front of you to where guys are seeing things, buying into things, and then executing it? Yeah, I mean, it's real. I mean, that first year, you know, there was – no spring practice. So you're in fall camp, you're going into game one and you're still showing film of other defenses. Um, whether it was where I had coached in the past or, you know, there's just, there wasn't any tape of them executing things. Um, and, you know, as we put last spring under our belt and then rode into fall camp and now we've got a full season. Um, and, you know, now all of a sudden the, the, even the things you put on the walls of meeting rooms, players know what those words mean. You know, when you say set the edge, it seems pretty generic, but like they can picture it and spit it out to you and watch it on film and say, that's what it looks like. And so all those little things mean something. And just, you know, those things are mounting up, um, you know, where we feel confident about the foundation. And when you guys first got here, I remember there was like a good deal of discussion about, I guess the number of players that get certain positions, how you allocate scholarships, depth, yep. uh, those kind of things. Now, you know, with, with multiple recruiting classes in, and are, is that kind of where you want to be that, that balance of, of how many defensive yeah, players you have at each position? We're there. I mean, it's, you know, we, we've got a set number at each position. Really, you know, you can look at and see how many DBs play, how many D linemen play, how many linebackers play. And then you just put that into what a, you know, a season of football would look like and special teams included. And then you allocate the scholarships based off that. And you get into, um, once you hit that number, now it's a lot easier to manage your roster because you can kind of, 
take a picture of, okay, after this season, you know, he's going to graduate. He's a draftable player. His, he'll, that his um, clock will expire. And now you can, now you can go fill the roster and um, you know, it just, it helps out on building things. It helps players get better because they know exactly where they stand. You know, they know they're a second team player and they'll play on third downs. And this is the reason why Then they work on their weaknesses and keep playing to their strengths. And, you know, just the communication line, um, the the factory line of who you're going to recruit, how you get, what it's going to look when you bring them in. You know, all that stuff is is it fits into a system now, um, and it helps organization for coaches and players. How often is that evolving or changing? So, so like I asked that because I I read something the other day that basically said like this past year in college football, the two tight end sets were used the most as they have in like say like a five six year span and I wish I had the percentage of yeah. how often that was used but so I guess how often are you guys like that was just a one-year sample set how often are you looking at those kind of metrics trends and saying all right do we have to get an extra linebacker next year yeah. or do I say so how does that work well I think now going into year three in the ACC you know you've got a good sense of you know what each team you can kind of define each team and you know, and, you know, just even the 12 personnel sets, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean when people put two tight ends on the field that you've got to create five down sets or even three backer sets, Mm -hmm. because, you know, there are a lot of two tight end sets that they just say they're two tight ends, but it plays like 11 personnel more. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, at this point, you know, we feel pretty confident. We, we will dual train the middle of the defense players like safeties as linebackers, whether it's third down or whether it's base defense, just in case, you know, injuries happen, you know, but you can do that now because our guys feel confident in the base system. They feel confident about how they need to react. And now you can work on secondary positions. And so, Mm. you know, just going into year three and going into year three with a lot of the players and just a lot of returning starters, it allows you to build on concepts. um, And, you know, they, the meetings become a lot more communication back and forth than teacher student. You mentioned secondary positions. I'm curious, just like, do you have a view of an ideal or prototypical nickel cornerback uh, for, for yeah, your I mean, our, our, our nickels in a perfect way, you know, we can, we're going to call defense based on who the nickel is. Mm-hmm. So if it isn't this person, I don't throw my hands and say, Oh, we can't play defense, but you know, guys like Kevin Knowles and, you know, even Kevin Knowles and Jamie Robinson, who are the two nickels, you know, last year, you know, they're different type of mm-hmm. players, but they both have really good quickness. They have a really good sense of space and pace. And I say that just because you align close to the box. So you, you've got to have a better feel on leverage, uh, splits, rub routes, you know, things of that nature. But I would say if we have a bigger, more physical nickel, then we're probably using him a little bit more in the front uh, with guys like Kevin allows us to match up on the perimeter a little bit easier um, as a general way of saying. So, you know, the more coverage you have at that position, you know, the more you can use your safeties in the run fit, the more bigger physical you are at that position, you know, probably the more aggressive you're going to play him glued to the box. So, you know, in a perfect world, you want a guy that can do both and then use it 50-50 so that they have to react to you and not plan for you. Uh, speaking of, of Kevin, both Kevin and Duke Cooper, last year was kind of uh, baptism by fire, so to speak. Like they both had, you know, got thrown into the mix and 
and sink or swim, and they both seemed to to swim uh, and got better as the year went on. I guess now going into year two for them, I guess what's the expectation and what have you seen from them in terms of, of growth? Well, the expectation for them is them to be two of the better DBs in the ACC. You play DB at Florida State, you need to be one of the better players in the conference and in the country. You know, if you're a starter here at Florida State, it's, and that's not just reflected in game time. That's reflected in preparation time and how you act on and off the football field. And I think they're both, you know, had some really good moments last year and, you know, a lot of teaching opportunities. And they're both emotionally mature players that care a lot about the team. And usually those mindsets get a lot better quickly. And um, I saw growth in the spring for both of them. And I see a lot of leadership examples from Kevin. Um, Duke's somebody that wants to be coached and, you know, likes to be coached. And you see responses really quickly with Duke. So I'm, I'm happy with both of them. And, um, you know, even Shaheen Brown, who's in that recruiting class, you know, probably didn't. It didn't impact the football team on the field on game day as much as those two, but I think his time's coming, uh, and this will be a critical year for him. Did, did the light kind of start to to flick on for Shaheem this spring? Yeah, I don't know if the light was ever off. I think sometimes, <laughs> you know, w- when you come in, you know, everybody thinks they're going to be the greatest player that we've ever seen at Florida State, and they're going to be dominant. That's part of having a swagger to be able to play at this level. You know, and then when it hits you that like, wow, I got a lot of work to do, you know, just the consistency of that response is usually going to expedite how quickly you play. And, you know, also this too, you know, it's harder to play safety as a freshman than it is to play a corner because things are coming at you from both sides. You know, to be a removed player, um, even, you know, a corner, a nickel or an end to a defensive tackle or an outside linebacker to an inside linebacker, you know, when, when things just come at you one way, it's easier to play faster early. When you're in the middle of the defense, it's harder. There's just more things that you have to react to. Um, so it, it just, it becomes more difficult. I'm not saying freshmen can't play safety early or can't play linebacker. It's just a lot easier to, when I say mentally and from a development standpoint, it's easier to play on the outside. That makes sense. Uh, so so I got to, a general scheme football question uh, from from Coach AB, who's with our X's and Knowles channel. Uh, it, it, he's a big fan of the the tight three man fronts that are becoming popular with with some defenses in the country. Just I want to get your thoughts on like I know you study all sorts of schemes and whatnot. Just the pros and cons of of going with that kind of front that some teams use. Of what was the front? Explain it better so the, I can give you a better answer. Uh, the tight uh, three-man fronts. I think it's like a lot of the three-two-six stuff that say like Clemson's doing or, or or Georgia. Yeah. So like, just you talking about like zeros and and head up fours or, or just three down fronts? Yeah, just three down fronts. Yeah, I think there's a place for it. Um, you know, it's all. I I really think it's what you're you know, what your backers can do versus what your ends can do. Like, hmm. you know, and, you know, when in, in my past, especially on third downs, we played a lot more three down um, and some of with, with four down linemen on the field and use and you use your Fox to be more of a hybrid player. Um, you know, last year, you know, I think both Keir and Jermaine were very much 
their their strength was to play on the line of scrimmage. They could do other things, um, but I just we made a decision that what they were really good at was what we were going to do more. And you know, it didn't make a sense. Like there was a lot parts of a of your scheme that you could say, okay, this is what we can do, but this is what we're going to be better at. And so it mm-hmm. went that direction. So. You know, some of these three, two stuff, you know, there, there's three safety defenses that you can play out of that stuff. Um, there's four across stuff that you could play um, with split safety. You know, I just, you know, for us with how we're recruiting right now, you know, we're going to recruit at a high level at defensive line because of we're going to put them in one-on-one situations and we're going to allow them on third down to be the pass rushers. We're going to, we're going to have scheme rushers, but we want to recruit pass rush. And yes, it doesn't mean you're not going to create rush with scheme, but if we're going to re- go out there and recruit the best defensive line in the country to let them go attack the pocket and attack TFLs, then we're going to make sure when they turn the film on that they're going to see us do that. And uh, I think it's, it's your way to get these guys ready for the next level, but it's also your way to, I think, find the best talented defensive line in the country when you can sell a scheme to them, but then actually show it to them on film and, and, you know, allow them to be the guys that impact the pocket. So, you know, listen, we have some linebackers that we think can rush the passer, but if they don't do it as well as the guys we have that do it all the time, then we're not going to force them to do it. And, uh, you know, same thing when it comes down to playing coverage, you know, we're going to play, you know, with linebackers on the field, when we get matchups that we feel like we got to make substitutions and, and play with more DBs, and we'll do it. If we feel like we can play with three linebackers on the field and execute better, then we're going to do that too. So, you know, I try to not to be pigeonholed to saying we're only going to be this, but, you know, last year our Fox position went more to a true weak side defensive end because of what Keir was. And, um, you know, I think I'm open-ended to what that can be based off how we continue to recruit I think when you recruit guys that can do more things well, then you're going to do more with that position. And um, that's kind of to give a to give an answer into that. Oh, that's interesting. And one other thing that you said and the answer out of that kind of stuck out to me was designing like one-on-ones for your pass rushers, getting them in one-on-one situations. And, and I hear that like offensive coaches talk about getting their skill guys in, in one-on-one situations. So like as a defensive coordinator, uh, what does that look like? How do you go about figuring out, oh, this is the match we want and guaranteeing that you got that's get a guy really, in that spot? That's a really good question because, you know, I talked to Mike about this and, you know, there are offensive coaches that get a receiver in a one-on-one and it's his job to win it. You hear that a lot. Like, mm-hmm. well, we got him in a one-on-one, but when a defensive end beats an offensive tackle and a one-on-one, they say, well, that offensive tackle needs to do a better job. Well, part of it is, you know, scheme isn't just offensive coaches getting defensive players in one-on-ones. Sometimes it's our job to get them in one-on-ones. You know, it's a bad day when a back needs to block a defensive lineman in a pass rush. And, you know, it's our job as defensive coaches to make sure, you know, wherever the matchups are weak, then create less one-on-ones. Wherever they're strong, create a lot of one-on-ones so you can push your numbers to the weakness. And, you know, I think you want to be structured as a defense that you're rigid enough that your guys can tell the the new players that come in, this is how we play defense. But then fluid enough that when you come to game plans that you can move your scheme around to take advantage of the positive mashups 
but also assist in the matchups that you think you could be less and have a team first attitude so that when you do it, the player that's getting the help doesn't take it as a knock. He takes it on. This is how we have to win the game. And um, that's part of creating a team atmosphere. Super fascinating. Uh, last last question for you. You mentioned the Fox position and one guy who I wanted to to talk about because we didn't get to talk about him a ton during the spring, and that's Dennis Briggs. And he was having such a good season last year before the injury. I, I guess what does he bring to the table and what is his upside as like this, I guess, hybrid defensive end? Yeah, yeah. well, Dennis – was on his way to having a really good year last year um, as a defensive tackle. And, you know, we evaluated the roster at the end of the year. Um, you know, you, I feel really confident, you know, about Robert Cooper, Fabian Lovett, Jarrett Jackson, Malcolm Ray, the development of Josh Farmer, and then the two young guys in Bishop and Daniel that we recruited. So, you know, we want to have, you know, approximately seven defensive tackles on scholarship that can all contribute in various ways. And so it gave us the ability to move Dennis back out um, because I thought we needed some veteran presence out there. We have some really good young players, um, you know, when we've got some veterans coming back. But I thought that's where we should shift, you know, Dennis, because I, I thought athletically he could handle it, number one. And then I thought our depth inside allowed us to make the move. So you know, I think putting Dennis out there, I think he, he brings a lot of the same things Kier brought to us, a bigger body that's got, you know, the requisite athleticism that he can, you know, play there. You know, you put a guy like that, you know, into the short side of the field so he has less space plays to make, but he could, he's athletic enough to make the space plays into the boundary. And so I think Dennis will bring a lot of things that Kier brought um, but they are slightly different. So he'll bring some different skills that Kier maybe didn't have. And Kier had some things that maybe Dennis doesn't have. But I think it it rounds out our defensive line roster and our personnel better. It makes us a better defense and a better team to kick Dennis out there. All right, Adam, those are all the questions I had for right now. Uh, this has been super insightful, interesting. I learned things. Uh, my listeners will as well. So really appreciate the time, sir. This is, this is awesome. Anytime. Anything to help out you guys and uh, – Appreciate your support of the Knowles. All right. Thanks, Adam. Go Knowles. Go Knowles. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. 
So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 